2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse number 7, says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he have done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. For we commend not ourselves again to you, unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which should live, excuse me, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. 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 Precious Lord, thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for a lesson on how to walk in faith and why we should walk in faith and not by sight. Father, be with us this morning as we open up the scriptures, Father God, and hopefully, prayerfully, that we will be better yes. after this sermon. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Paul, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, the second letter, not as rebuking as the first letter, more encouraging. And he's given a lesson here in, in, in chapter five on the walk of faith by the Christian. Now, when we talk about walk of faith, what are we talking about here in verse five, verse number seven? Paul says, for we walk by faith. To walk means to live. It's, it's, it's how we conduct ourselves among primarily unbelievers. Mm-hmm. Even though it means how we conduct ourselves in the house of God with believers. Again, it means walking by faith is walking by what we believe and not what we see. We live in a world today where everybody's walking based on what they see. That's right. They don't see it. They, they don't, they're, not, they're not ambitious enough to, 
keep, keep going. I don't see no, I don't see it. And we give up. We give up. Ambition, ambition is a, is a word we don't use much today. Most of our, a lot of our young people aren't ambitious. When we grew up, we, 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 had, we had ideas. We wanted to be better. I think it was a, a, known, a known thing back in, in the generation I came up. We wanted to be better than our parents. We wanted to do better than our parents. That was something that we, we strive for. Now, now we live in a generation where a lot of the kids live off their parents. Paul, Paul writing here, and I'm, I'm going to get back to verse number, verse number seven, but, he, but he, he gives a reason why we ought to walk in faith. That's why you know, you'll you see me reading a lot of Paul's teaching, but Paul's not going to tell you to do something and, without giving you a reason why to do it. He said we ought to walk by faith, not by sight. And then he says in verse eight, we, and we are confident. Christians ought to be confident. We ought to be confident. If we only confident on one thing, we ought to be confident of this. Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave. For what reason? That we wouldn't have to die in our sins and stay in the grave. So he said we ought to be confident. And I say willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We're not fearing death in here. The Christian ought not fear death. The Christian ought not fear some suffering in this present world because, again, all we're doing is one, passing through. We're going to have some struggles down here. Okay? That's, that, that comes with the territory. Look at what he says in verse 9. Wherefore, we labor. I like that. I like that word labor. Some of you, you work all them jobs. You've been working since, I know. We labor. Okay, living a Christian life can be laborious. That whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Let me let me give you some areas where we labor. We labor to forgive. Amen. Okay, we labor to forgive. I, I, in, 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 a, in, a, in a room with, with folks in it, there's folks in here that struggle we're forgiven. We labor confessing our shortcomings, confessing our sins sometimes. Sometimes we, we may carry them sins just a little longer than we should. Remember David? David, when David and Bathsheba, when David, David carried that sin a whole year. That baby was a year old. David carried that, that sin a long time. He carried that sin the first nine months until the baby was born, and then the baby was a year old. And what did he say? It was hard on his bones. It was hard on his bones. It's, we, we labor to, to not only forgive, we labor to confess, we labor to repent. We labor to repent. We labor, we labor in our mournings. And then when, when we labor in how we mourn, most of us don't mourn properly. Hmm. Some of us labor in our worship. Some of us labor in our praise. Some folks labor and even want the fellowship. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine you're a child of God. You've been born again. You feel with the spirit of God and you struggle to be with other believers. You struggle in your fellowship. And then he says this in verse number 10. 
This is profound. This is why Paul said we ought to walk in faith, not by sight. This is why Paul says we ought to be, we ought to be ready to die. He said we ought to be ready to die. Talk to the lady. I talked to the lady on Friday. She said, Pastor, I'm ready to die. How do you respond to that? Know how I do? John 3, 16. Okay. I, I, I think about Deacon Nails when he, when he was, I say, you, you, you got it all together. You, you, you have anybody you need to forgive. Have you confessed all your sins? You ain't ready to die if you got unconfessed sin in your life. You're not ready to die if you got people on your, on your list that you haven't forgiven. And you're definitely not ready to die if you don't believe it in him. If John 3.16, if you and I read John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him is ready to die. It's a different translation, ain't it? Okay. Okay. I, you know, I, I hear it all the time. I, you know, you ain't got to go. You ain't got to go to as many funerals as I go to. But uh, I, I, I hear it. Okay. Everybody ain't going to heaven that the preacher say he is. That's right. Okay. Preachers like politicians. Remember, I told y'all the story about the one preacher. Brother wasn't no good. Oh, his brother wasn't no good. He walked up to the preacher, gave the preacher a thousand dollars, said, Say something good about my brother. Brother had died, said, Say something good about my brother. So he preached it. He said, This man wasn't no good. He ain't go to church. I mean, this kind of, you don't find these kind of preachers. He's like, This man didn't go to church. He, he, he beat his wife. He drank every night. And then the man that was sitting in the back, the man was sitting in the back saying, waving his hands, and like, I gave you a thousand dollars, say something good. And he seen him. He said, but he was better than his brother. <laughs> okay. Now, but but see, see, here's what we here's what verse 10 is saying. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay? And you and when you appear, you ain't gonna have no witnesses. You ain't gonna be able to call no witnesses. This is you and God. Who know everything. You're not, going to, you're not going to be able to say, well, call pastor. He'll tell you. He'll tell you how good I clean that church. <laughs> see? No, we must all appear before the judge. This is why Paul, this is why Paul was, was so desperate in, in his preaching. He was so desperate in his preaching. And, 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 and when you look at good preachers and the preachers in the Bible, they preach with desperation. Next Sunday, one guarantee. They preach with desperation. He said, for, he said, for we must all be appear before the judgment seat of Christ. How about that? How about that? You ain't getting out of that. He said that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he have done. Whether good or bad. Look at verse number 11. I'm going to get where I'm going. This is just interesting to me. 
Sometimes my Sunday mornings, sometimes my Sunday mornings are, are interesting in all my week's preparation. I wake up on Sunday morning and, and, and all kind of stuff, all kind of stuff. Verse 10 is the why, why we ought to walk by faith and not by sight. My, 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 my scripture verse is why without faith, without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. How about that? Paul says in verse number 11, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. Oh, he's such a loving God. He's such a wonderful God. God is so wonderful. He's so loving. You know, Paul knew him as, as a God of terror, too. He says, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. Watch what he says. Watch what Paul says. We persuade men. And women, we persuade men, persuade them of what? Their need for a savior, their need to seek the Lord. He said, we persuade men. How was Paul persuaded? Knocked him off that horse. And, 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 and some of us, some of us, we're persuaded the same way. Maybe we didn't get knocked off a horse. Okay? The old folks used to say, you know, they're knocked off your high horse. They didn't mean a horse. They mean your attitude. Okay? Your cockiness, your arrogance. Sometimes God has to humble us. Okay? He says, he says in verse 12, we commend not ourselves unto un, again unto you. Paul, Paul, Paul was relentless. Okay? Paul was relentless. Verse number 12 said, We for we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf. He said, We brought the message of Christ to you. We kept bringing the message of Christ to you. Not, not to commend ourselves, that you may hear it and be saved. The message has always been repetitive. So a lot of, a lot of preachers, you get the ones, you get the, you get the false teachers and the, and the ones with the showmanship. They all try to do something new. And you listen to them, you rarely hear them talk about Jesus Christ or repentance or forgiveness. You turn it on. You can turn it on. How do I know they don't, you, pastor, you don't know every preacher. Listen, listen, if you're on TV, okay, let me say this. If you're on TV, your, your job is to stay on TV. Your goal is to stay on TV. Your goal is to collect money on TV. Your goal, your goal is for folks to be hitting you on their cash app and sending you money. Telling folks the truth always don't get it done. Telling folks that you need to repent and turn to the Lord don't always get it done. That's why you hear a lot of people on TV say, you send me some money, God going to send you some money. You send me some money, God going to heal your body. God send me, you, be, you send me some money, and God, you won't have to wear them glasses. God will heal you. Paul said, we commend ourselves now to you again. We're going to give you the word. We want you to be saved. We won't want you to deal with the tears of, 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 of hell. Let me, get, let me get to verse 14. Because that's an interesting word there. I had to really do some work on it. I had a general idea what it meant, but I wanted to, I wanted to really be able to explain it today. He says, he says, 
for the love of Christ constraineth us. What a wonderful word. He says, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Let me, let me, let me talk about that word. Let me talk about that word. Some of y'all, some of y'all think, has you ever been constrained? Anybody ever been, everybody, everybody, anybody ever been constrained? Okay. You, you, ever, you ever felt like you ever felt like something you had a force around you that was stopping you from doing something crazy? Or you had a force causing you to do something wonderful. How about that? When Paul said here, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Paul saying, I understood. He didn't always understand. He didn't always understand. He was just talking about his conversion. Paul was out to kill Christians who believed Jesus Christ died on, a, died on a cross and rose. But when he came to understand what Christ did, it changed Paul. Paul said, he says, for the love of Christ constrained us. He says, he says this, the force of God's love. Okay. The force of God's love. As a believer, we, we got to feel the force of God's love. That's right. I mean, you got to have it. The force of God's love should be able to overpower your soul. We talk about soul this, this week. The force of God's love, it overpower our desires and our affections and the things that we want to do that we know won't give God glory for. We need to pray, God, give me that constraining love. Because sometimes my emotions, sometimes my affections, sometimes my desires get the best of me. How about that? Can we be honest? Can we be honest that we know how to pray sometimes for God's constraining love? Because sometimes I just do what I don't need to be doing. Sometimes I say things that I don't that just don't need to be said. I know that's right. I don't. Yes, I know. I know it's right because I know it's right, and it just and it, and it applies to the preacher. I tell people all the time. They say, especially when me and Cindy be talking. I say, Cindy, I say a lot of stuff, don't I? <laughs> and she I, and she see Cindy's so meek. She's I, and I and I use my my cop out. I say, you know, I talk for a living. I'm a f- professional talker. <laughs> she said, you be saying some stuff. And, and I think she made it apply to you, too. It's a two-edge. Okay? That, 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 that love of God, that constraining love, it possesses us. Don't y'all, don't y'all think about that? When, when, you, when you think about marrying over there, talking all the time, this is long as she can be quiet and she in here. Because when soon we get out, she's ready to go. <laughs> but 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 when you think of her, she's like possessed. You ever you ever meet a Christian that's possessed? Now all of us are possessed. If you saved, if you a child of God, you possessed. There's only two possessions in the world. You either possessed by the devil. Or you possess 
by God. Ain't no, ain't no in-between. Mm-hmm. Ain't no in-between. You know, well, you know, right now, you know, I talk to, especially Catholic folks. Catholic, I'm, right now, I'm a non-practicing Catholic. <laughs> There's a whole lot of folks out here that would say the same thing. Well, you know, I'm a Christian, but right now I'm not practicing my faith. What if you die not practicing your faith? Okay? Oh, nothing should separate us from the love of God. Listen, the love of God will not allow you not to practice your faith. The love of God, Paul says here, for the love of God constraineth us. That's deep, ain't it? So people, well, you know, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, but you know, I'm doing a whole lot of crazy stuff. Paul said, for the love of God constraineth us. That means even when we do wrong, and we will, even when we get a little sideways, we will, that love of God is going to constrain us. How many, how many ride down the street hitting them little things on the side of the highway? What's them called? Rumble strips. Rumble strips. Y'all, you know, you know, your kids wake up. Jake, you ever be riding, you know, you, you hit the bumps on the side, of them little bumpy things. You don't ride 100 miles on them. <laughs> you want to get off of them fast as you can. Okay? You may hit them and they design, they're there to design, they're designed to get you back on track. Sort of like God's constraining love. We, we're not going to just stay in sinful situations. That's why we come to church. That's why we come to Bible study. That's why we, that's why we call Christian friends. I'll give Jake a call every once in a while. He, he may think I'm just calling him just to say hi. But I'm calling his check on him. Check on him. So when I asked, I said, Jake, get up here and pray. You know, because, you know, he, he, I want to make sure he right where he's supposed to be. That makes sense. That makes sense. If Claire, if Claire came to church for months and didn't want to sing a song, I'd be like, what's wrong with Claire? <laughs> she lost her praise. She didn't want to sing praise is what I do no more. <laughs> See, the love of God, the love of God causes us to want to praise him. The love of God causes us to want to worship him. The love of God calls us to want to serve him. The love, you know, listen, you, you, there's a whole lot of folks we can call. We can get on, we can get on, on the internet and find some people to come out here and clean the church. Tell them, we'll pay you to clean the church. Okay? But the love of God See the, see, the love of God will, will cause a person to clean it different. Amen. Okay? Yeah, I, I think y'all know what I'm talking about. See, 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 the love of God rules and commands us. I have people call me all the time. You know, my, my brother, my brother, my brother, he got married. He, his first wife passed and I got married again. And, and uh, he's, he's, he's in town. He's in town quite a bit. He'd come in town and he'd check on his dad. His dad passed away last year. So he'd come in town. And he was in town recently. He'd come in town and he'd call my other brothers and sisters and they'd go out to dinner. They don't call me. Okay. They don't call me. So, so, so he got married. And now he's having a you know, little 
gala up in Michigan. They didn't want me to come. I've been preaching a long time. Oh, Cindy, Cindy at the door. I got to be careful. Cindy at the door. We got microphones out there? So, so, so now, so now he, so now he having his little function. He want, you want to come to Michigan on a Friday night, December 30th and, and meet my new family. But you've been in town. I've been pastoring this church 15 years and you have not one time came in here and met my family. It's hard, but it's fair. But you don't want to come meet my family, but you want me to come up there and, 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 and at a gala with all your drunken friends. Leave it alone. See, the love of God rules and commands us, and it keeps us in its power. I get, you know, I, I, to, to, me, see, to me, they're nothing worse than a week, as Margaret would say, spaghetti back Christian. Okay? Let me tell you something. Weakness and Christianity, you don't, it doesn't go together. Amen. Okay? Grace and mercy and love and, and long-suffering, all the fruits of the Spirit, weakness ain't one. Weakness ain't one. Anybody, the, fruit, the fruits of the Spirit in, in Galatians chapter 5, is, is, is weakness one of the fruits? Is cowardly one of the fruits? No. No. So the love of God constrains us. It keeps us in power. It makes us do whatever it would to have us right. The love of God constrains us. Constrains us. Watch. I don't know. I, you know, I have. I got these verses. I, let me. Let me just get this one because I got somewhere else I need to go. Here's Paul. Y'all remember this verse? Watch what. Paul, watch what the love of God done to Paul. Okay. Here's Paul in Philippians 1.23. Y'all familiar with this verse, these two verses, 23 and 24. Paul says, he says, for I am in a straight between two. Paul said, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Now, all of us in here would say, Paul, I'm glad that you stayed here and wrote these all these books of the New Testament because they have they have been a wonderful, wonderful lessons for us. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I got. got. Let's jump back to verse seven. Let's jump back to verse seven. I know I'm all over the place, but I'm all right. A new activity to walk by faith. Is that a command? I believe it is. Paul says we ought to walk by faith and not by sight. Think about that. One of the two of the great two of the great illustrations or examples of faith. I'm just going to use these two, maybe, maybe a third one. Y'all know I love the story of the two thieves on the cross. 
One had faith. One didn't. In Luke 23, 42, Luke 23, 42, here, here's, here's, here's the story. We all know the stories. These two thieves on the cross, they was up there for a reason. They didn't deny. They knew they were supposed to. They knew what they had done. They got what they desired. They got what they deserved. And, and, but the one thief on the right said in verse 42, this great statement of faith, he says to Jesus, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, how about that? Now he's on the cross. He's got the same kind of nails in his hands and in his feet as Jesus do. Now, okay, he don't have no plaque over his head saying that this is the king of the Jews. Over his head it says this is a sinner, a thief, a res uh, insurrectionist, whatever they had over his head. Everybody had a plaque, okay? But he has something else. God had on that cross given him the faith to believe. And he said, Lord, remember me when you cometh into thy kingdom. That is so fascinating. He's on a cross. He's dying. But by faith, he sees Jesus as God in heaven. That's interesting. That's interesting. And Jesus says to him, Jesus said unto him, based on his statement of faith, I say unto thee, today shall thou be with me in paradise. How about that? Today. Here's Job. Job lost everything. All his kids, all his asses, all his donkeys, all his cattle, everything. And then his friends came and start ripping on him. Saying, Job, just admit that you was a bad boy. Just admit that you did something crazy. Because God is doing this to you because of a sin in your life. And we know from Job 1.8, God said to Satan, he's a just man and he won't deny me. Now, what is faith? Faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, so Job, through all that, never took his eyes off the Lord. Circumstances came, tragedy came, hardship came, pain came, suffering came. He never took his eyes off the Lord, even his wife. Even his wife. I don't get on her. I don't get on her. People say, ah, Joe's wife. She, no, no, Joe. Joe's wife has seen all that. Ten kids, lost everything you worked for all your life. Joe's wife's like, listen, listen, honey. You can't take no more. You can't take no more. He lost everything. Watch this. 1925, Job. Great verse. Great verse in the Bible. You, want, you ever want to have a great verse in the Bible? Here's Job going through all his hardship. You know what he says to his friends who condemn him? Basically saying, you're going to hell if you don't 
Get yourself together and confess your sins. Here's what Job said. For I know. There's our word no. He says, for I know. That my redeemer liveth. How about that? How about that? Job said, I know that my redeemer liveth. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And he and only he will be able to judge me. How about that? Got that kind of faith? Do you know? Even in your roughest times, even in your most difficult times, do you know that your redeemer lives? Do you have a redeemer? Have you been redeemed? That's a, that's a powerful word. That's a powerful word. You know, you're done. You, I, I, a lot of preachers don't even talk about re, being redeemed. Know why? Because it means something. It means if you redeem, you gotta act like it. We don't like to get into that. We don't like to get into that. We don't like to get into behavior. But I think there's a song that says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. How do we say so? By the way we act, the way we deal with stuff, the way we live our lives, the way we treat people. You sit here, you can talk all you want. Talk is cheap. But if you redeem the Lord, he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We speak with our hands. We speak with our feet. We speak with our eyes. We speak with our hearts. We speak how we love. You can tell people I love. You know, I, oh, how I love Jesus. But you know what? Treating your family like crap. Treating your wife like crap. Treating your co-workers like crap. But you walking around the plant talking about, oh, how I love Jesus. And you always got on gospel music. You wearing a blue jean dress and got no makeup on, no lipstick, but you treating everybody crazy, but you talking about, oh, how I love Jesus. <laughs> I think there's a Jesus that says, how do you say you love me who you have not seen and, and hate your brothers? Hmm. Here, here, here's a faith fact. This is so good. I, I say that because I don't even know if it's good to y'all, but it's good to me. So, you know, this is all right with me. Mary, is it good to you? All right. God sent Mary in here. I could sit right there. It's good. Listen. Listen. Look at 2 Timothy. Deacon Jeremy was talking about the crown of glory. He was all in my business today. I say, thank you, God, because it keeps us on the right track. Amen. Paul talking about, Paul's talking about this crown of glory. I love this. I, I know it's probably highlighted in your Bible a couple of times because I love 2 Timothy 4, 5 through 8. It is, it is easily in my top five. <laughs> Here's Paul. Here's Paul again. He says this, talking about faith. Okay? Talking about faith. He says, but watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. And, you know, take it. Because you got your whole armor on. You got your whole armor of God on. So you can endure some afflictions. They coming. Don't act surprised. 
when afflictions come, falling all out, fainting and stuff. Do the work of an evangelist. You know what the work of an evangelist, evangelist is? Going out, telling people they don't even know about the goodness of God, about how God died for their sins and rose from the grave. That's what evangelists do. They went from city to city talking about Jesus. That's it. They had no agenda. They was just talking about Jesus. One of the great evangelists of all time was Billy Graham. You know, Billy Graham didn't get into all this doctrinal stuff. He wasn't no R.C. Sproul, you know, chalkboard and try to explain predestination and hermeneutics, hermeneutics and homiletics, all that. Is. He just said, you must be born again. Amen. Somebody Amen. said, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> okay. Paul, Paul said, endure, do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Make full proof of it. Nobody question. I don't know if that's a Christian or not. Nobody should ever say that about one of us. I don't know. Sometimes he a Christian. Sometimes act like Christian. Sometimes he don't. You know. Here's Paul. <laughs> Stay with me. He said, "For I'm ready to be offered." And the time of my departure is at hand. Stay with me, please. I have fought a good fight. See, sometimes when you, know, when you say you fought a good fight, some, see, see, fighting ain't always, a good fight don't mean, you know, I kept all the rules. Okay? He said, I fought a good fight. He said, I finished my course. Here's our verse. I kept the faith. Nobody got it. I got it. They took everything else from me, but they didn't get my faith. I kept the faith. See, that was, that was, was, that's what the fight was all about. Satan ain't fighting. He don't want your stuff. He don't want your gators. He don't want your house. He don't want your clothes. He don't want your jewelry. He don't want your gun collection. He don't want your children. He want your faith. Because if he can get your faith, you can't give it to nobody else. You can't share your faith with your children if he got it. <laughs> then he said, I kept the faith. Paul said, I kept the faith. Amen. Then he says this. Because he kept the faith. He says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge. She'll give me at that day and not to me only. Now, not to me only. Here's where the verse, here's where the verse, here's where the verse just took off on me. It just took off on me. I was sitting here like, I've read this verse to you guys like 15 times. I've never looked at the last part of this verse like this. He says, not to me only. But unto all them also that love his appearance. Amen. That's interesting. Because I had to go and say, what, is, what does that mean? That love his appearance. I'm thinking it means, I think, I'm thinking it means, and it might mean, okay, when he comes back, I'm going to love his appearance. And I hope I do. I, no, I, I hope I do. I know I will. Okay. But it says something else. It says all them that loved his appearing when he appeared. When he appeared. You know who comes to mind? Simeon. Here's Simeon. 
Y'all know the story of Simeon in, in Luke 2.25. I don't know to stay with me. He says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the Messiah. He was waiting for the Messiah. Okay? The, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ or the Messiah. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. You know, you ever just say, you know what? I'm, I need to go to church. Sometimes I'll just I'll just be studying at home, and 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 the Spirit will say, you need to go to church and study. And I'll come out here on Saturday afternoon and spend the afternoon studying the Word of God. He came he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, all he was waiting for, they brought in the child Jesus to do for him the custom of the law. Make a sacrifice. Get the child blessed. Okay. Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou servant depart in peace according to the word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation. How about that? He was born savior of the world. And Simeon said, listen, my eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord, which thou hast prepared before the face of the people. Watch this. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. Listen, listen, listen. I, I say it all the time. Nobody going to change me. Ain't nobody going to change me. Y'all can sit here and talk that mess all you want. I hear people all the time. Man, you, you believe in Christmas and Jesus wasn't born on Christmas. I don't care. I don't care. I know he wasn't born on December 25th. Okay. I ain't crazy, but he was born. Okay, but he was born and he appeared. And, and I want to be in that number that love his appearance. I don't know when he was born. I don't know the exact day. Some people say he was born in October. I don't care. He was born and I celebrated on, on December 25th. And I like everything about Christmas. Okay, I tell people, listen, I like everything about Christmas. I don't care what you, you know, you know, listen, I understand Jesus' reason for the season. I like everything about Christmas. I like the Christmas lights. I like Christmas trees. I like Santa Claus. I like Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Crip. I like all that. I like the Christmas story. I've been watching that every year. I like the memories of my father and my mother opening the gifts that I bought them. I like it. I like last minute shopping. Let me tell y'all something. I'm going to tell y'all something I never shared before. I don't want nobody to say nothing to me after we're done with church. Because this is intimate. Ariana, you listen to me, okay? This is just me and you. When I was your age, I know I was in the house and I heard them reindeers on the roof. And nobody gonna tell me nothing different. My brother and them was they were so good at it. They said and my, and my nickname was Kip. They called me Kip. They said, Kip, come on, come on. Then we went up in the attic and we could hear them reindeers. I could hear them. 
That's deep, ain't it, for Columbus? Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. Listen, 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 listen. It all points to him. Okay? Y'all, enjoy, listen, y'all gonna be around me, y'all gonna enjoy Christmas. Okay? I enjoy Christmas. The devil hates Jesus. The devil hates Christmas. The devil, devil hates his birth. The devil hates... It, the devil would hate Christmas if it was in October. It don't matter when he was born. The devil hated him. Okay? Somebody asked him, say, what's the most important thing? Okay? Him being born or him dying? Both important. Both important. His birth was important. And Simeon, like Simeon says... I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Is God real to you? How, how real is your faith? I can, I can take a check and I'm going to close. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Do you love his appearance? That's, I, I, you know where the word pastor comes from? Seriously. Seriously. It's a Latin word that means shepherd. It means shepherd. So, so really, what, when you say a pastor, he's a shepherd of the church. Okay, that's it. Simple. But Peter says this. Peter says this. I don't have no crown for you. I'm sorry. All right. I can buy you a fitty. I ain't got no crown. But Peter says this in 1 Peter 5, 4. Watch this. He says, and when the chief, and when the chief shepherd shall appear. How about that? He says, when the chief shepherd Shall appear, not might appear, shall appear. Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Is your faith real? Is your faith real? How real is it? I'm going to give you a faith test and I'm close. Isaiah. In Isaiah 6 1. Then y'all know this verse. Isaiah says, In the in the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. How about that? And above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he covered. Excuse me. He did fly. He did fly. And then, and then he says in verse 3. And one cried unto another. And said. Holy. 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 Is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now when I read that verse. And many of us that are in the spirit. That have the spirit of God living us. We can, we can put ourselves in that temple that day. And we can, we can see the same things about the Lord. When I look. When I think about the Lord. I do see him high and lifted up. High and lifted up. The God we serve is high. And lift it up. And because of our faith, guess what? One day we're going to see him. The Bible said we will see him just as he is. Just as he is. Somebody said when the the saints 
come marching in. What a day of rejoicing it will be. When we all see Jesus, we will what? Sing and shout the victory. Sing it. We made it. We made it. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus. I just want to say thank you. As we enter this, this glorious time of the year. And things may be going on crazy in the world. But as believers, our faith is not in the things of this world. Our faith is in the things above where Christ sits on the throne. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the message, Father God. I just pray right now that, that we will continue to grow and become stronger and stronger and be ready when he comes. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.